Hello. Okay. So we're doing this. We're running yeah, this. Yeah, this is happening, dude. All right. Cool. In uh, under the University Heights sign at Park and Rec. This is my habitat. This is my place of being. <laughs> this is my essence. You're talking to me right now, straight from the zone. <laughs> I'm out here with a. Uh, oh my bad. You're the host. Sorry. <laughs> Andy, Andy was damn near about to do my whole intro. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, this is VH. This is one degree separation. I'm here with my uh, good friends Sage to my left and Andy to my right. Fucking love this dude, Andy. Um, you know, I have the utmost respect for this fool. I tell him every fucking time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's gonna introduce himself uh, better than I can introduce him. So, yeah, who are you, Andy? All right, so I'm Andy, uh, Andy Coronado, Andy Internets, uh, whatever you might know me from. I'm out here at Park and Rec. I'm sitting down, posted next to Veej right now, next to a, a nice cocktail confection with a. Uh, a nice little light beer. It's probably a 6.2 ABV yeah. out here with Sage and his uh, <laughs> Cheeto bag. We're just, we're just having a good time. And you might hear noises in the background, but that's cool because this is where I am. This is my essence. You know me now. What's good? Let's yes. go. Let's get it. Andy. Andy Internet, man. Just to let you guys know, you should follow him on Twitter. You got the fire tweets, man. He let off a fire tweet the other day about burning the American flag. But oh, Yo, you, Don, I, all right, I, I don't right, hold on, the top hold on. of your head. I just yeah. want to talk. Let me just say one thing. All right, so I, I went to the protest, right? Yeah. I was out here gassed up. I was ready. I was hyped. Oh. I walked into the protest. First thing I see is somebody burning an American flag, and oh. dog, it took all inside of me to not play diplomatic immunity next to his head uh -huh. because this shit was so disrespectful. It's like, right. yeah, I get it. Santana, we, we, we got yeah. veterans, we got armies, we got everything, but most importantly, Joel Santana did the Santana anthem, and nobody is out here respecting this shit. <laughs> we need to do something about this because there is policies that need to be put in order to make sure nobody ever disrespects paid in full and any paid in full associate yes. ever. Go on. Shout out Joel Santana, you know, shout out Diplomats, shout out Cameron, shout out all those guys. You know, I just, thought, I just thought that was a fire tweet, you know? <laughs> Is you got the fire tweets on deck all the time, you know? Um, yeah. So he introduced himself. This is Andy Internet, you know? But um, I think he's like the pillar of culture or community in Thank San you. Diego. You know? Not even hashtag for the culture, but for the community. Like real shit. Real shit. I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure that one day when I'm laying down next to a car accident and I'm in the driver's seat, I don't look at my rear view mirror and see a bunch of regrets. I want to make sure that uh, I've done everything possible to be a, some sort of source of inspiration mm. for any little human being in the world. Mm. So um, that, that, that's my uh, main focus, but. it's mm. a good uh, priority to have, you know? Definitely don't want to live my life with regrets, especially if I'm on the passenger seat kind of dying, you know? Oh, that's a very <laughs> likely possibility. So I'm just trying to make sure that I uphold this uh, certain value and all the people I keep close to me. Because there's a very likely chance you're going to be next to me in the passenger seat. I'm going to look you in the face. Your eyes are going to be full of terror. And I don't know what I'm going to tell you if you didn't live out your dreams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go on. Let's go. Let's do this. What's, okay. what, what's, what's the, first, what's the uh, first talking point? What are we doing? How did we meet? How do, do we do meet? Do you remember? Because you found me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a pivotal part of my relationship to like pretty much everybody in San Diego. Okay, so let's talk about how I met you. Yeah. So I met you uh, after we did the first warehouse show. I realized that the artists uh, didn't go beyond my group of friends or my inner circle group of friends. Uh -huh. So 
I decided that I wanted to branch out and find people who uh, were in the community who I saw doing great art. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw this uh, Heisenberg um, design you did, and oh. I thought that shit was so fucking tight. That's his name, right? Heisenberg? Heisenberg yeah. I wasn't, I'm not too up on the shit. But yeah, I saw the Heisenberg thing, yeah. and I was like, yo, that is fucking sick. All right, so I need to contact them. I think I DM'd you, and I was like, yo, uh, I'm doing an mm-hmm. art show. If you want to come through and post up art, like, oh. let's get it. You were down, and then um, fucking it, it worked out. I remember the first time I saw you, I was like, you, you put up your pieces, and it was like a, a floor mat, right? Like, oh. welcome or something. And then you just had a bunch of art prints and everything. I thought it was the tightest shit ever. And ever since then, we've been rocking. I know you've been, like, keeping up with all the people who we had there, too. That's what I was, like, telling Sage earlier. I was yeah. like, the fact that I could have you out, I didn't know you at all prior. And that we're good homies and people who we know from other cities that were showing art at that same place mm. are now good homies because of that show. Yeah. That is the tightest thing to me. So our relationship is built, like the way I view our relationship, there's so much value in it because yeah. I put, because we, we literally started at such an important part in our lives mm. and we've since grown like yeah. stems and building this other outer relationship pieces mm. and it's the fucking most important thing I could ever think about. Like I, I fuck with you so much. <laughs> I fuck with you hella tough, man. Like, honestly, like, I don't think anybody in San Diego would know me if you didn't put me on. Like, real talk. Don't say that. You're an important part. You're an important piece. Yeah, but I mean, nobody... nobody You are the the corner jigsaw puzzle. People look to you to find a certain basis in order (laughs) to how to build this shit. No, but I mean, before then, like, in San Diego, like, yo, I was literally in my garage every day fucking working on designs and shit for, like, for the studio I was working at watching Netflix, and then I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm going to leave this place, dude. I can't. There's nothing going on here. Then I got that DM, and I was like, yo, how does fool find me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, I'm fucking down to have art up. Because, like, I would have art up in the Bay, but, like, I don't think anybody here knew me and knew I did art. So I was like, yo, I'm down. And I was like, damn, this is a warehouse party. It's like, it's about to be lit. And I fucking pull up, and it's like, bring your own booze. And, like, I, I went to the fucking liquor store. I brought some fucking beer, you know? Like, yeah. When the music started, bro, like, I did not expect it to get fucking lit like that. Like, oh, <laughs> there was, like, yeah. 30 people on stage. Yo, there was, like, there's, like, a patio part over the crowd. And I seen, I seen, like, girls fucking hanging oh, yeah. the rails. Those are all my homegirls. I saw, I, yes. dude. Oh, man, they were such a, they were such an important <laughs> aspect of that show. I mean, I love art and I love music, but I also love girls twerking on the second store, Flory. So that was such a great time. Um... I love that you still remember that. That was so. I remember beautiful. it vividly, dude. No, I remember. I think mean, I didn't meet Crizo there. I don't. He might have been there for a little. He, bit. he stuck around for a little bit. Crizo's yeah. a very uh, ephemeral human yeah, being. Yeah, he's just kind of like here and not not here at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I met Nico briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a crazy setup with the fucking vintage art frames and shit. And he had hella portraits. I saw. I remember little Debbie. Oh, I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, photo yeah. funk. Just a bunch of people that yeah. like that, that, that's what I fuck with it was just so tight that's the most that, that night was probably one of the most important nights of my life especially that specific show just yeah. because it was probably the biggest show we've we ever had in terms of attendance dog there was like a thousand people there yeah. and the fact that there were so many uh, people who got connected because of that show yeah. that I still see like on Twitter and shit just still uh, talking yeah. and like I love that I was able to be a part of building a network like that yeah I would, yeah, I would, like like I said, I, I feel like that was like an essential part 
of my place here in San Diego. Because, like, after that, like, you just invite me to, like, all the other shows. Like, when you started doing shows in uh, the Hard Rock, dude, there's, like, there's this weird story about how, like, everybody that's, like, doing this shit now, like, you know, like, Paul and them and, like, Night Shift and all that, they were all there and we didn't know each other. I remember, I remember... Uh, Someone told you this story? No, I remember seeing a picture of you and Vanessa. Yeah. And later, and, like, you guys were saying, like, oh, this is the night I met you. And I was like, yo, that was the night I threw that show. That's tight. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool to me because, like, I may not be, like, at, like in that circle of people, but it's just, like, I'm just fucking glad that I was able to, some like, offer some sort of basis for you guys to possibly meet and connect in the yeah. future. Like, that shit, that is so fucking tight to me. Yeah, I mean... I pretty much met like some of my closest friends here at no yeah Vanessa I met Vanessa there and then everybody else that was there I mean it's just I feel like it was just like a ripple effect after that oh yeah like, yeah yeah definitely definitely like, I honestly don't I'm not very like tapped in on who else is doing shit out here but like Travelers Club is obviously like doing their thing you know like you guys we need to do more we, yeah. we definitely need to do more that's one of the things that I've, I'm Right now, I'm trying to like figure out how to balance other aspects of my life oh. with this whole uh, doing music or doing music shows, doing art shows and shit. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to properly throw shows while also at the same time making them substantial and making them for a better cause than just throwing shows for the sake of people getting fucked up. And I've talked about this before, but it's just like, I, I really want to make sure that anything I'm doing yeah. can lead to a better good for our city yeah. Like how the other shows have done. Yeah. But yeah, that's just that's just my part right now. Yeah, I mean, it's like a super pivotal time to be like building up the community, especially like I was saying with like all these other people doing their thing. Like, I feel like you guys might have drawn up like the blueprint on this shit, you know? Like there's been events since then. Like I wasn't here, but there's that show at the Water Tower thing in North Park. I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't able to go. And then there's like all this other shit going on. And then... I mean, other than Warehouse Takeover, you guys threw the fucking sound lot, dude. That's like the stop, sound lot. Stop, stop, The sound lot to me is literally dog. I can't even begin to describe how much of a letdown the sound lot was. If I think about my times in life where I've been let down, number one was the first time I saw Lion King and Mufasa died. Yeah. And the second time is probably sound lot. Like, sound lot. dog, the sound lot to me was literally watching Mufasa fall into a pit of hyenas and uh -huh. fucking boars and whatever the fuck killed him. And seeing my dreams and all my accomplishments go down with it I remember thinking after the sound was done uh -huh. like yo I am never doing a show ever again uh -huh. because I'm a failure and everything sucks and so the, so nobody could ever come up to me and say yo the sound lot was definitely something for the culture because no there is no culture the sound lot benefited besides the culture of me hating myself but <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry you were so triggered by that hashtag triggered Darn, I was very triggered right now you pulled machine gun bullets on my shit no, right now my emotions are flaring I wasn't, I wasn't even about to gas you you know but like oh was I, I being oh was I being was I being too confident right now I yeah. thought you were about to just <laughs> no 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 you were like you have the sound lot you fucked up <laughs> no I mean it was just I've, it was like one of the best times I had in 2016 just just cause like that was when the I feel like that's when the bay 
in San Diego connected. Oh, yeah, yeah, We totally jumped over, like, L.A., like, fuck them. I wish, I, I w it's always fuck L.A., but I wish I could have um, met more of the Bay, or, like, had more time to speak to the Bay people from there. I don't know who all went. I remember I saw, uh, did Chris go? Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember talking to Chris, and I think that's about it, but I don't remember talking to anybody else too much. I know Vanessa had a lot of her homies there. I didn't talk to them too much either. Um, I wish it could have definitely been better than it was, but it would... I mean, it's a learning experience, so whatever. Okay, just give them a brief rundown of what happened and why you're so triggered. All right, so you want just, me to go a, br a brief rundown? I mean, if you want to go, all right. I put a sh we put a shitload of money into this thing, yeah. and the cops came. Brief rundown. That was the most <laughs> simplest rundown you could ever put. But if you want to, if you want to describe it more clearly, mm -hmm. we were gonna have a show. Yeah. And the show was supposed to be this big outdoor experience, for people like a festival type of thing. Yeah. We had a venue locked up. It was a, a lot in Barrio Logan. It was secluded. It was safe. It was next to like an abandoned MIT or ME. What was this shit called? The the fuck it. Anyways, <laughs> it was next to fucking some abandoned ass trolley station, uh -huh. and there was no way anybody was gonna shut it down. It was supposed to be a big, beautiful event. Two weeks prior, the landlord was like, yo, I'm cutting your shit off because we just sold the building. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm. And then she said, you didn't sign no contract, bitch. And I was like, all right, you so right. So then I had to uh, move <laughs> I my shit. I, I, yeah, I had to take the L. So I was like, either we cancel this shit mm. and let everybody down or we try to persevere. So I try to persevere and... <laughs> That's what happens when you try to persevere in times of uh, tumultuous situations. Uh -huh. You get fucked. Uh -huh. So I tried to do it at a residential parking lot. Uh -huh. I paid money to have a lawyer come out and make sure that nothing could go wrong. I paid this motherfucker yeah. like at least two stacks to come out just to stand yeah. there and be like, yeah, yeah, everything good. Everything's good. And what happened? The cops came at 1030 and shut everything down. And I was like, yo, 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 just chill. Like. It's a calm and collected environment. Like, we're good. Come, like, if anything goes wrong later on, come back. I left. They left. And then I left to go fucking drink in my sorrows because I knew the show was going to get fucked up. They came back five minutes later and we're like, yeah, we came back. We got to make, we got to shut everything down. We got to make sure that uh, everybody's out of here. You're going to get a fat ass ticket. You're going to have to come with us. And I was like, uh. And then in my head at the time, I was like, I could either walk inside lock the doors, tell the DJ to start playing fuck the police, and then go up and just start saying, hey, yo, everybody, the cops want to shut this shit down, uh -huh. tell them what you think, uh -huh. and go out a legend, yeah. and probably have like a little uh, record, or just shut it down. And I decided to choose the latter route, because uh -huh. I'm a responsible human being. Yeah. But that, I respect that. That's what ended up happening. Damn. That show was crazy, because you had uh, Saba from Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think about that from time to time. That lineup was tight. It was ahead of its time. You guys had like 1207 there. We had 1207. We had Salva, who's uh -huh. also uh, on Angels with Chance the Rapper. Yeah. We had Duckworth. Duck? No. We had, we were supposed to have Noodles. Uh -huh. And dog, that lineup was, for it what? Was for, for how much people were paid for that? $10? Oh my God! Get there's out a, of here. There's a food truck there and everything. There's like yeah. popping ass. They were selling arm, you know? barbecue dog. They yeah. had the finest pig carcass in the market. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was flames, dude. I had a great ass time. I got hella drunk. You know, and then we went to the after party. That one got shut down too. Everything got shut down. Everything man. got shut down. The, the, the sound like got shut down. The after party got shut down. All my hopes and dreams got shut down. Everything. <laughs> also that. Yeah. Sound lot. I remember, I remember vividly on Mondi's thing. You said 
sound like you were all going to jail, man. Is that still on or what? Oh, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I'm already contacting my finest Jewish lawyer because I'm for sure about to throw this shit. And when it's done, if I'm not in handcuffs, you all are giving me a refund. Like, you guys are paying me for coming out and not going to jail, too. <laughs> Cannot fucking wait, dude. Cannot wait for that. Uh, okay, to, to a more serious event. All right. Color theory. Oh. Important to the community, the culture. Thank you. Whatever. Thank you. Thank you know, you. anything. Like, dude. Thank per- you. I went there and I was like, bro, I, was, I almost shed a tear, bro. You know, people got hella yeah. real about their feelings. That's about, And that's the point. Yeah, about like current events and shit, bro. Like, it's partly because I don't hear people talk about that shit here, dude. You yeah. Know, like, yeah, 100%. We're kind, of, we're kind of in a bubble. But I think that bubble burst when. When there's a police shooting here a couple weeks ago, I was like, bro, like this is gonna get real. Yeah. And like, the was I mean it was like the second color theory. That was the night people like protested. Or yeah. Was out it the was streets. the day after. It was so, the day I mean, after. Yeah. So I mean, like color theory. Talk about that, cause like that's all right. Important as fuck, dude. So pretty much, uh, the way I started after doing like all these uh, music shows and everything, mm-hmm. I've I started thinking about what kind of place these shows were actually having in a social level and, yeah. and in a community level because obviously you can only go so far when you do community shows you hit a certain or you, when you do uh, music shows you hit a certain limit mm. where you know it stops being about building a, a community event and it starts just being a party Yeah. so it's like what can I possibly do to offer services that I know that I'm, I have some certain level of experience with and that I feel like are underrepresented in the community so mm. When I think about, when I thought about it, I was like, I remember I looked up uh, literary events because I, I, I write. That's like yeah. one of the things that I'm, one of the only things I'm good at. So like, I was like, well, I need to go to these events. I need to go see people that are good at writing, that cherish writing. And I went and it was, dog, I swear to God, the whitest shit you will ever see in your lifetime. It was just filled with geriatric, white-ass people. Yeah. I was sitting there trying to relate to the shit as hard as I could. Uh-huh. They were all just talking about the dumbest shit in the world. And maybe if you're a fucking 60-year-old white guy, you can possibly relate to fucking going to the Eiffel Tower and not having a good view. That was one of the stories. But, but I was just thinking, like, dog, imagine a kid from Southeast San Diego who loves writing and who yeah. wants to go to an event where they can see writers and actually relate to them. Yeah. So I was like, I, I, like I, I needed to do an event where I could somehow provide something for writers of color yeah. to go and actually feel like they're offering their voice, yeah. you know? And that's what the color theory was about. It was pretty much just like, I wanted to offer a space and a creative outlet for people who don't have it. Mm. And especially in a community like Barrio Logan, where like, you know, people, people don't look these outside of Barrio Logan, outside yeah. of like our own circles, nobody's looking there towards like mm. these type of things. Yeah. You might have white people who walk around Chicano Park and see the murals and everything, and that's their idea of seeing the creativity there. Yeah. But nobody's actually looking in at the core of these like people. Like you got, and I want to make sure it was about writers of color. You got Asians, you got blacks, you got Latinas, you got everything. And it's just like we need to cultivate this creativity with all our people. We need to be able to offer a platform where everybody can speak, everybody can talk about their problems, whether it's political, whether it's social, whether it's uh, emotional, mm. anything, and have other people just like us be able to see it. And I wanted to make sure that it was important that we had successful writers mm. and successful academics uh, like 
professors and published poets and published authors come out and be able to give their featured poems so other people who are aspiring to reach that level can see that it's possible because yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you don't have to be a rapper you don't have to just fall back on these like constructs of like the only way I can get let out my feelings if it's in a hot 16, you don't have to do that. You can fucking write a poem, you can write a book, you can write a short story. Like, that is acceptable. Uh-huh. And if you're not white, it's still fucking fine. Yeah. So that was my whole thing. And I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm pushing that no matter what. Like, I got the most satisfaction from the color theory that I've ever had any satisfaction from any show I ever threw. I don't matter if there's only like 70 people in the building. Those 70 people stayed and they stayed and watched all those people say their feelings, say their emotions and say everything they felt. And that to me, everybody walking out feeling refreshed, feeling renewed, especially after shit like that alcohol shooting was the most important thing I could ever possibly do in my life. And I wish to only expand on those kind of outlets and to make sure that not just adults and not just aspiring writers, but kids feel that way. And I want to make sure that the color theory grows into something where we can offer younger kids to come out and hear these kind of things so they don't have to grow up feeling like there's no options. Yeah. But that was my whole thing. Damn. That's heavy, dude. No, like, I totally get that. Especially, like... Not to like downplay San Diego, but like, yeah, like I've never like encountered like a space like that or an event like that. Like in the Bay, it's kind of common, you know? Cause like, I don't know, the art, the arts is like well, like alive and well out there. And like, there's community organizers there all the time and shit. But like, yeah, when I pulled up, dude, it was like so many different topics being discussed. Like, I know, I think, I'm pretty sure a bunch of people were like, yo, this is my first time, like, yeah. speaking publicly. And, and, and that, that's the thing too, because there, there are, there is another, at least one that I know of, another um, spoken word event that's catered mm. towards a diff- like a, a demographic like ours. It's mm. called Lyrical Exchange. It's in yeah. the Queen Bees uh, every Monday and Tuesday. Mm. You should definitely go to it. Mm. But at the same time, I wanted to offer something for people that didn't know about those kind of things because yeah. that's such a, uh, a tight-knit community. Yeah. And I know from the times I've gone there, it's a lot of the same people. And I know there's a lot of people that might have gone to our warehouse shows that I could have brought to our show or to brought to our event that didn't know these kind of things existed. You yeah. know, like I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a tight-knit community. That this is a fucking expansion. This is a huge community and you can make it bigger by going to these things, telling your friends about these things and creating a, a, a community of people that know about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's comforting to see that people, like, care about these issues, man, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that was that was the best thing to me. The fact that people came out, one, but two, the fact that people were open to talking about their lives and talking about the things they feared, seeing people go up to the stage and literally uh, not even be able to go on to the next sentence because they had tears in their eyes and their throat was choked up, that was the most amazing thing to me because I'm standing back there like, yo, like... These are people pouring out their fucking hearts. Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, on some, like, let me go on and put an instrumental in the background and spit my shit. Or this yeah. isn't no, like, fucking uh, Caucasoid, like, environment where you don't, you, you might not be able to say how you feel about these certain issues. Mm. But people went up and people spoke what they really felt. And I think the fact that people felt that people were able to have that outlet was the most important thing to me. Mm. And I, I, I've never felt like I have at those how I did at those events. Yeah, I think it's just important for people to know that there's these things going on. So I think it's cool that, like, 
all of us as individuals, like me, you, Sage, whoever like shows up, we all have like like a following or like a platform that we can push that we can push like these events, on, you know? Because yeah. I do, I would like more people to, like come to like yours and our other homies' events, not just the same people over and over. Because obviously we're aware, you yeah. Know? So we just got to spread that, honestly. That and that and that's the I think the biggest pitfall I had with throwing music shows and throwing everything. It's like I threw music shows and they were great, but I found myself hitting the same audience over and over and over and my whole thing wasn't to hit the same audience yeah. it was to cultivate a community of people who could bring in who more people could come more people could like learn about these certain things whether it was art whether it was music whether it was uh, poetry readings whatever I never want to be comfortable in throwing shit for the same fucking people yeah and that's that's one of the things that I've I've struggled with with shows. It's just like seeing the same people, and it's like I just want to learn how to reach others. I want to learn how the fuck to have somebody who didn't even know this existed. Because I remember when I was 16 years old, yeah. and I barely found out about like art shows, and barely realized that art shows didn't just mean fine art galleries in La Jolla. Yeah. That it actually meant people like me throwing them. And shout out to Andre Power too, because not many people know this. But when I was 16 years old, I went to uh, an art show in a downtown at the Hostel International called the Hostel Takeover and at 16 I remember walking in and just seeing portraits of Jay Dilla, seeing portraits of rappers, seeing uh, rooms filled with DJs and with just like people performing, spoken, po spoken word poetry, seeing like a, a community kitchen and everything and I just remember thinking it was the most beautiful shit I've ever seen in my life and my life hasn't been the same since then and I remember going home that night, going on Facebook, sending a message to Andre Power and being like, dog you changed my life that night and Damn. no and that I'm not even like that like literally and he might not even know that but he changed my life that night and ever since that day my whole basis was I'm gonna do something just like that because I need a kid who's that age I need a kid who maybe even be younger to go out and see shit like that and feel like they're empowered enough to do something like that to provide a certain change for people who may not feel like they have a place in that world yeah I don't know. I don't know if you listened to the other podcast, but I was talking about like. Um, pretty sure it's a Tupac quote. I still haven't Googled it, you know. But there's something like, yo, like I might not be the change of the world, but you might spark the mind that does, or some shit like that. And that dog. Yeah. All right. Up front, I don't. I don't really. Uh, I'm not a Tupac guy. <laughs> I like Tupac. He's cool. I, yeah. I grew up like listening to Tupac and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really like. That's not my shit. Yeah. But that quote, fire. Many of his quotes, fire. That shit I've really kept with a lot in my life. Because mm. it, I think that's something that people really need to understand. That when you're doing something for the greater good of people, you might not see the certain outcomes on an immediate basis. But you're yeah. doing it because you're doing it as a spark. Yeah. Whatever, it can lead to anything. You don't know yeah. how long the wick is. Eventually, it's going to lead to an explosion. So when I do this shit, when I'm doing uh, these events for um, San Diego, whether it's arts or music or whatever, I'm doing it so a kid who could be my age when I first started finding out about this shit could hear it and eventually they're gonna do some shit and it's just a steady consistent domino effect of people trying to empower other people and that's my biggest goal in life I just want to make sure everybody around me and everybody who I might not know at the time but who is there can feel empowered enough to do it on their own and they can do the same effect on other people it's kind of some pay it forward shit yeah yeah wow thinking about that wick the wick reference right <laughs> You don't know how long the wick is, dude. Damn. Right. That's just pretty much like leaving a legacy that you might not ever see. You know. What exactly. I'm 
Fuck. I don't, yeah, I'm saying like, fuck a legacy. Dog, you know what a legacy, like, all right, let's look back. Historically speaking, yeah. Alexander Hamilton never became a president, never became anything. Yeah. One of the biggest dudes to ever contribute to US history ever, and no one's given him his respect. You know why? why? Because nobody gives a fuck about anybody who wasn't a winner. But I'm saying, if you look back, one of the most influential figures in U.S. history is Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. He's pretty much the basis between the, behind the U.S. U.S. currency system, behind the banking system, and he will never ever know how much of a legacy yeah. he left, because there might not even be one. But our daily basis is based around that. So those are the people I look up to, the people who didn't, who might not even we might not even know about. Yeah. But those are the people who are, are actually helping contribute something to society based on their own actions without any credit without any whatever that's why i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck if anybody tells me like yo this shit's cool like i fuck with this like obviously i'm gonna feel gassed up and shit yeah but i i'm doing this because i know there has to be some kid out there who goes to these things and sees it and it's like i need to do something just like this yeah and that is my biggest that's what fuels me People just leaving me speechless every fucking time he fucking talks. <laughs> wow. Damn. Are you in this space right now to get a little political? Oh, yeah. I'm always in this space to get political. <laughs> I, I, I love talking about this. Don't even get me started. That is... Let's get it. Wait, let's what's going it. on? Okay, okay, okay. So, I mean, you already spoke about you being, like, playing the role as, like, a community organizer, kind of. Yeah. You know? Um... Well, we're not gonna get super into politics. All right, yeah, but no. I just so yeah, we elected Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump. All right, okay. But what what are your thoughts on what we can do now? Because like obviously the it's fucking over. So All right, but, funny you say that. So yeah. when when um when do you plan on dropping this? Um, on the thirtieth. On the thirtieth? Okay. Should I drop it earlier? Is no, it, no, no, there, no, no, is there game, like, no, 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 because uh. Uh, right now, I, I just finished an article that I wrote for YK La Familia. Okay, we'll that was about that. literally, about literally the whole point of the article <laughs> yeah. was uh, what what to do. Yeah. So I think the most important thing to do right now is uh, understand the severity of the situation. Number mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. understand the situation. Yeah. Number two, understand the severity of the situation. Number three, realize your role in the situation. Yeah. And number four, understand what you can do to somehow alleviate the situation between you and the aggressors. So you have to think about. What is happening? Number one, you have to accept the fact that Donald Trump's going to be president. There's no other way around that. I'm yeah. not saying don't protest. I'm not saying don't uh, speak your voice. Don't be angry. Be yeah. fucking angry. Be uh, protest. Go out in the streets. Organize people. Mm. Tell your family to be angry. Good. But I'm saying don't make that anger geared towards saying he's not my president. I get that. I get yeah. the hashtag not my president. That's fucking straight. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. Cool. But also realize that you're just in denial. Yeah. He's going to be president. Yeah. It's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. What you can do is somehow direct that anger. Fuel it. Yeah. Make it about something tangible. Make it something, make it protest electoral college, protest racism, protest Islamophobia, protest homophobia, protest everything that has to do with what he represents. Yeah. But don't protest something you cannot change. Yeah. So I'm saying if. If you're gonna go in the streets and if you're gonna go gather these people, make sure you're talking about something worthwhile because all these people are seeing right now is you protesting because you're a sore loser. Yeah. And you have to make sure that it's not about that. It's not about that he won and I'm not gonna accept it. It's about that he won and I'm not gonna accept what he stands for. So you have to make sure that what you're saying is worthwhile, what you're saying is productive, and then you also have to make sure that your message is clear. 
once you get that down, mm -hmm. then you can start looking into the severity of the situation. Once you look into the severity of the situation is, he's the president, you have the, uh, a Republican-run uh, Senate and House of uh, Representatives, you have uh, a Supreme Court that has a seat that's not being filled yet, and it's not going to be filled by Obama because the Congress is stopping it from happening. So you have to look at what's going to happen. Donald Trump is obviously going to appoint the next Supreme Court justice, which is going to cause an uneven balance in the Supreme Court system. So then you have to look at what that means. Pretty much it means white fucking racists are going to run the whole government. And mm. that's going to happen. And you know what? It's happened before. It happened for fucking 300 years. Yeah. And it's going to go. It's going to pass. And we have to do something to... to oppose it at every measure mm -hmm. and what that means at every measure is figure out what you can do and that's local politics yeah. applying or volunteering for an organization you fucking scared about abortion good donate to the Planned Parenthood like tweeting ain't gonna do shit put your money with your mouth is put your time where you know you can apply it to go to Planned Parenthood go to the ACLU go to all these organizations that are actually doing something to oppose uh, that oppressive regime and make sure that you're not just wasting your fucking time complaining mm. there's so much shit you could do figure yeah. out who your council members are figure out figure out who your mayor is figure out who your uh, congressmen are figure out that your state senate right now in California at least is run by a, a black woman who's the first in probably a couple decades to ever run it. Figure out that the state center right now has more colored women than it ever has before. Once you get that figured out, call them. Call them all the time. I wrote in the Why Kayla Familia thing, one thing you can do is just start calling, start leaving threatening voicemails, tell them I'm fucking watching you, you bitch ass motherfucker, you better make sure that this shit is good, I swear to God I'm about to fucking fire on your ass, and if that, that, I swear to God, yeah. if you don't show that level of fervor that you have at this moment right now, throughout this consistent four years that we have, or in these two years until the next US election that we have, then you're a piece of shit and I don't give a fuck what you say. Real fucking talk, dude. Damn. Yo, honestly, like, one of the things that, like, I'm scared of, like, aren't even, like, the people, obviously, like, there is, like, some sort of fear of, like, some of the supporters of Trump and shit. Yeah. But I'm kind of scared of the people who are indifferent or apathetic to, like, everything altogether. Uh, no, and those are the people who you should be scared about. Because I think it's not... I don't think you should be scared about white racists in uh, fucking Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Mm. I think you should be scared about the people who let it slide. Yeah. Because at least the people who are openly supporting Trump, they're letting you know, yo, I'm a fucking racist. The people you should be scared about is fucking Scott in accounting who's like, hey, he's like, I don't know, like maybe it's going to be good. Because mm. that's the motherfucker who probably voted for him. Yeah. Because that's the guy who's probably like not actually saying what he feels he's trying to like hide it and that's the yeah. problem with racism in america you have the blatant racists who at least you can pinpoint but you also have this big majority of people who don't openly talk about, say what they mean yeah like they use these words that might be uh subdued in this like hidden coded language yeah. where they say shit like thugs and they mean the n-word yeah and they say shit like um well, we need law and order. And what that means is we need to fucking make sure these blacks, Mexicans, and all these people are going to jail for what we think they should go to jail for. So you have to learn the dictionary of the racist. 
because there's a lot of people that we call yuppies that are fucking racist, but they're not open about it. Those are the real fucking enemies. We need to learn their code language. We need to learn where they're hiding at. And then we have to fucking make sure that those are the people, because those are the people you're working next to. You might think that all this racism is coming from the middle of America. You don't know that the person you're working right next to is the same person who's hoping that all the shit Trump is saying is going to pass. Yeah, like, I don't know. I was, I was on Facebook. Dude, I get sucked in, like, Facebook black holes all the time, dude. And I was watching this video, and the dude was talking about, like, what you're saying is, like, a lot of these people are, are like, afraid to express their opinion, and that's why, like, you don't know, like, what they stand for. And it's not even that they're, like... You know who it is? It's the motherfucker that you asked, yo, who did you vote for? But I'm a bad... We're out here in a public setting, sorry. Um, but, yeah, the motherfucker you should be worried about is the guy you asked, yo, who did you vote for? And he said, hey, that's a private matter, because that would... That, He's not going to say that for no fucking reason. <laughs> so ask motherfucker, yo, who'd you vote for? And if he says, uh, I don't know, the, the, you know, I think elections should be uh, secret. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him and everything he stands for. Uh, yo. And <laughs> <laughs> That's real as fuck, dude. And yeah, no, like, I'm also worried about people who think that just because you got elected that there's, like, nothing they can do. So that's why I asked you what you can do. Oh, there's so many things you could do, and there's so many things you could always do. And I think that's one of the... If there's a silver lining behind this whole Trump presidency, it's the fact that maybe now, since we've hit rock bottom, we'll find a way to some sort of... to elevate ourselves. Because we've been stuck in this complacency of a broken system for so fucking long that we're comfortable being... Uh, bullied around. We're comfortable falling back into this like systematic oppression. Now, once you have somebody who's openly saying, yo, fuck people that of color, fuck women, fuck everybody, now we're actually going to be like, oh, okay, so we're about to rock this shit now. And now people can actually feel power. They can feel empowered to, to do something about it. And that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that all this shit that happens is going to create the next uh, Malcolm X, the next Martin Luther King Jr., the next anything that could somehow lead people towards this, uh, towards a progressive world. Yeah. And I, I, I'm almost fucking positive it will. Yeah, I mean, I'm not well politically versed in all that, but like, I do think that now it's like an important time to like gather your community, you know, and like... No, like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I saw you talk about it too. Yeah. It's like one of the things you do right now, like you were saying, was uh, be a be like be a voice for your community, be a leader for your community. And I think that's one of the things you should do. It doesn't matter if you know about politics or not. You know if your neighbor's crying or not. You know if the person uh, in your household is scared about something. You know whether uh, your community is in danger or not. It doesn't matter whether you know uh, these policies or not. These policies are created to tune you out. Yeah. That's why this, these legal talk is, this legal talk is so fucking convoluted because they're writing it so you don't know what the fuck to say about it. Mm. So I think it's important to one, if you can't educate yourself because you just don't know about it, then at least um, figure something out. You know, like just learn as much as you can and it's not fucking hard to see how bad people are getting treated. Mm fucking just see the emotions and people around you and learn what you can do to possibly alleviate those situations that's why one of the things i've been trying to do the most right now is uh write about politics and write about these things that i care about and not write them in this like fucking better than thou uh speak because it's like politics literally uh is your life yeah. whether you know it or not if you think about anything you do in the morning, you wake up. What do you do the first thing in the morning? 
You live in a house. Where do you live? Somewhere where you can afford. All right, so what do you do when you go to the shower? You go to the shower, water comes out. Who supports that? SDG&E. So when you get out the shower, where do you go? You go on the freeway. Who supports the freeway? The government. It's all subsidized. So you see uh, signs on the, on the freeway. You make sure your freeway isn't uh, dilapidated. You make sure the infrastructure is good. You make sure everything that takes you to work is good. You get to work. What do you do? You find a parking spot. How do you know how many parking spots you have uh, between your work and between the exit of the freeway? Do you have to park three miles away or can you park close by? Who? Uh, funds the parking lots. It's all the government. So after you park in your parking lot and you go to work, who makes sure that you aren't being treated poorly at work? Who makes sure that you can get a break? Who makes sure that you can get a smoking break every two hours? The government. Everything is controlled by the fucking government. No matter which way you break it down, everything is a microcosm of the government. So you look into it and it's I don't give a fuck whether you care about who the next president is, I don't give a fuck whether you care about the mayor is, you gotta fucking care about the fact that everything you fucking do is controlled by the government. Mm. So you gotta make sure that even if your president is Trump, the people who are running your city, who are running your district, are people that actually care about you. And that is something you have 100% control of. There's yeah. no electoral college when it comes to voting for your district councilman. Mm. There's no electoral college when it comes to voting for your mayor. You gotta actually care about this shit, because these are the people who care about, who, who have a say in your day-to-day -day basis. And I think it's fucked up that we treat politics like it's something that only a certain amount of people can get or that you have to be a lawyer to understand. You don't got to be a lawyer to understand this shit. That's why I'm trying to write this shit to put it in everyday terms. Yo, this shit is fucking simple. Whether somebody votes to put money in your school or not, you don't, there's no fucking matter of making it complicated. Do you get billions of dollars to make sure that you can have a school in Southeast? Yes or no? If yes, then I vote for it. No, then don't. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. And the reason it's that hard is because we have a whole system of old white men who make sure this shit is hard. Yeah. And I'm out here trying to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. Because we need people who can put this shit in normal people terms the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, I read that article you put out. Yeah, okay, for one, I feel like a lot of people didn't know that they can affect change on a local level. Like, for real. Like they just thought, they just thought, oh, we're voting for the president. Like I don't, that's it. And you don't want to know. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, with that too, uh, when it comes to like politics, let's just make it a specific to San Diego. Yeah. So the way San Diego works is, yeah. if you vote for an elected official, mm. the votes used to be only in June. When normally nobody who doesn't give a fuck about politics is gonna vote in June. Nobody gives a fuck about midterm elections. Nobody gives a fuck about June elections. The only time people care is during presidential elections. Yeah. So on November, every four years, everybody cares. Any other time, nobody gives a fuck. And that is on fucking purpose because they don't want you to actually go out and look into this shit. There's so many measures that go around in California and uh, San Diego, all across the world that are being put in June and being put in midterm elections because they don't want you to care about this shit. But we need people to care. We need people to not just vote every four years. We need people to vote every two years. We need people to vote all the fucking time, any chance that you get, because the more that they, the more unimportant it is, the more important it is. Yeah. And that's what I want people to fucking realize, because in the next two years, in the 2008 or 2018 U.S. elections, every House of Representatives member is going to be up for grabs. And if we don't vote for pasty if we if we fucking realize that we don't have to vote for pasty ass white people and we don't let these pasty ass white people become congressmen then we actually have a say in shit and god man i fucking hate the way this shit is run and i'm trying i'm trying my best to try to do my part in helping alleviate the situation for people yeah, you are doing your part like like i said like i read that article explained everything super easily that i can understand it 
Um, and I mean, the article wasn't pushy. Like, it was just like, yo, this is my opinion, but here's like what it's saying to you. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was trying to make the point most of. And I was telling Sage about this too, mm. which is like, I think when people talk about politics, uh, they're not trying to talk about politics. They're just trying to show you how smarter they are than you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when somebody's saying like, oh, uh, you voted for Trump because of blah, 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 or you voted for Hillary because of blah, 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 they're not trying to say, they're not trying to make you believe that what you think is wrong. They're trying to tell you mm. you're, a, you're an idiot. Mm. And I think that is what's fucked up with everything because this shit is run, or the whole country is run by us. And mm. if we want to have people tune in, mm. we need to speak to them on their level. Mm. And we need to make uh, speaking about politics easier for people because mm. it's not dumbing down, it's just making what they're saying less fucking complicated because they complicate it for a reason because they don't want you to understand it. Mm. I sound like DJ Khaled right now, but I'm being <laughs> completely honest. Like, that's really what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to bring bring up this experience I had like a week ago, or like after election. Go on, bruh. No, dude, I just be on Facebook sometimes, dude. I always mention it. I be on Facebook sometimes. I was just reading a bunch of people's like opinions and shit, whatever. You know? Yeah, it's still recording. But, bruh, like somebody's Facebook status popped up, and they're like, "Why y'all still talking about this? You know, we like voting's over." She's, and that's the fucked yeah. up mentality. Yeah, and they had a hashtag with like, yo, y- y'all don't have political degrees. Why y'all still discussing this shit? And then their own comment under their status was like, just post dog videos, bro. I fucking tweeted that shit. I was like, yo, this is trash, dude. Dog, because that shit <laughs> is trash. Like, honestly, if, like, I, I hate this whole mentality where it's like, oh, y'all just being on some, like, political, like, yeah, tomorrow everyone's going to yeah. be a political theorist. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Who, who gives a shit? Dude? You know, I hope everyone's a political yeah. theorist every single goddamn day ever. Because yeah. if you're not out here actually caring about this shit, then fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, yo, and then she tried to roast me on, like, yeah, okay, I posted it on Twitter and someone sent it to her and then she talked about me on Facebook. And then she was trying to roast me because I had a art, I have an art degree and not a political science degree. I was like, bro, it's not even about that, like... What the fuck? I don't know. I was just hella heated. But then I was like, damn, like, I shouldn't even, like, let this shit get to me. But, yeah, that was, like, what I was talking about with, like, that whole, like, not caring about everything that's going on. Because you don't feel the immediate effects. Like, you will. And, like, maybe not you, but, like, the people around you. Because... Oh, and that's, yeah. and that's another thing. Yeah. It's, like, we want to talk about... And, I yeah, my bad for getting, like, so in-depth with this shit. No, like, I, I, I didn't mean to. But um, it's another problem. When people talk about, like... California and it's like yo like California is cool because uh, art props are probably one of the more progressive out of the whole country mm. but there's still a motherfucker in uh, Minnesota who came from Somalia who is still getting treated like shit yeah. lives in a community where they all hate them you can be Somalian here and live in City Heights you're straight you go to Minnesota you, you're Somalian they'll fucking throw stones at you like you're fucking back in your own country Yeah. so it's like you gotta realize that this shit isn't just about us. Yeah. This is about everybody. Yeah. But, whatever. Like, <laughs> I love that shit. I swear to God, I love it. She's oh talking about God. Millie rocking her, <laughs> her emotions away. You know. What Dog, I'm Millie. Oh my Millie God. Millie rocking it away. I cannot. I can. I cannot. 
uh, just like stress enough how important it is to hit a sturdy milli rock every morning when you wake up in the morning. Swear to God, just like milli rock that one right arm, just hit off the fucking last night's hangover. <laughs> the other milli rock just hit off that bitch who fucking curved you. Like anything, I swear to God. Yes, it is a goddamn stress reliever. I don't know why yoga people have not looked into this. People are not tapping into black community's dance moves as strong as they should. As they, they should. Yo, did Hillary hit a milli rock or not? Nah, she didn't, and that's why she fucking lost. <laughs> she did not really she rock. Did the mannequin she, challenge. she hit the dab. She did the she hit the mannequin challenge. Which shout out to her for doing that yeah. shit. But she did not put Black Beatles on that shit. So fuck yeah, her sure. for that. That's why but she, she, she mm. did get Bill on it though. I thought that was good. We got he had Bill on that shit. Bill didn't even know what the fuck is going on. He walked in that shit. And he's, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at everybody. Comments. So he's like, y'all caught me again. He's like. Oh. <laughs> Alright, my bad. <laughs> I'm gonna put this at the end of the podcast. This is like as a, as a blooper at the end, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell everybody. Well, soon. Tonight is a night, my man. Now, this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a good one. Yeah, so. Talked about politics. Yes, sir. Mentioned about, about your writing. Yeah. So I just want to talk about that. Like, if you want to say anything about you writing, because I know, I don't know if we should even ex- should we explain the the history or the connection of YK La Familia and you. Um, Do you think that's important? I think. I think there's a certain level. There's a definitely a certain level of importance to it because before I met YK, mm. I was definitely. Uh, very unmotivated with writing mm-hmm. it wasn't until Chris hit me and was mm-hmm. like yo like do you want to contribute to it where I was kind of just like I may actually have a platform where I can speak my shit yeah. to people who may not uh, normally listen mm-hmm. so no yeah that, that definitely was a big push for me and I, I, I have so much love for Chris because he actually offers me a platform to yeah. write my shit you know like I could put it on a medium but like who's gonna see it like the same three people who favor my tweets you know like, <laughs> so like, I, I had a I, like he, he, like I've met so many people, or not even met, because I've never even met them. But I have so many people who I, I interact with from the Bay now because of that, and because they're exposed to my writing. I've gotten even offers to like write for like the East Bay Express hey, off that shit. Okay. So it's so tight to me that people somewhere where I don't even live. Dog, mo- when I write shit, most people, more people who support that shit are from the Bay than from San Diego. Straight off. That's why I always feel very weird about writing about shit from San Diego because I. It's probably gonna be Andy Tran and my mom who reads that shit. So like, <laughs> Yo, Andy, Andy's just tapped in. Dude, Andy is a fucking. He is literally the pulse of everything that's going on in right. the world. Like, with music. Yeah. I swear to God, I used to think I was about that shit. He is. He's about it. Bro. Yeah, he's really. He's writing about for it. like three or four different things. Yeah. 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 He's for Ness. Ness HQ. He's killing it. Yeah. No side note. One of the inspirations behind One Degree Separation. I don't know if it was you that told me this or Vanessa, but it went along the lines of like, yo, like, if y'all, if, if you never like connected, like me and Andy or me and Vanessa, then Soundlot might have never happened or like the connection with the band never happened. And I was like, damn, dude, like, I need to do something with this shit, you know? Like, this whole like connecting people thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and that's, and like me and Sage were talking about this earlier. It's just like, my one of the, my biggest uh, achievements in life mm. is to know that I was able to throw something, yeah. and that now I can see you and other people that might have not been able to connect do mm. that. And we we talked about this earlier. 
and it, like I love that. That's honestly one of the biggest things to me. Mm. I, I love just being able to see certain relationships sprout from what I'm able to do, mm. and like like fuck fuck what credit I get, fuck what anything. Mm. Like I don't I don't I don't give a fuck. I just love the fact that people are able to succeed in life mm. and be able to grow because mm. of the shit that like I might not even thought twice about. Yeah. 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 So you read about. Dude, you read about everything. So you read about politics. I remember you read about uh, life lessons from, like, MF Doom. All right, so my main thing is the only things I know in life and the only things I've ever <laughs> studied in life is either politics and rap music. Yeah. So when I was, uh, let's say, right, five years old, first thing, I my first vivid memory is being in TJ, where wow. I used to live when I was five, and my cousin handing me uh, Lights Out by Lil Wayne. Uh. My whole life changed the first time I heard Biz Night. <laughs> and uh. then ever since then... It's only been, my whole life has only been circled around politics and rap music. Mm -hmm. When I was 10 years old, I used to be a, a member of the Youth Communist League. So it's just a bunch of little kids who were into, like, communism and shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I remember going to school and just bringing the, the Communist Manifesto and just reading mm -hmm. about Mar Karl Marx. My fucking hero when I was younger was uh, Che Guevara and, like, Fidel Castro and shit. So, like, I only, my whole life has just been centered around these two topics. Mm -hmm. So... The only thing I know how to do now is like talk about them. Yeah. So it's like, I love rap music. I talk about rap music all the time on Twitter. I write about rap music and I love politics. I love talking about politics. And to me, the best thing I could ever possibly do is somehow um, create a connection between these two worlds where it's like, I can talk about politics in the same language and context that I can talk about rap music. Yeah. So like, I can I can talk about so Hillary's crazy. shit where she's dabbing or where she's hitting the, where she's not hitting the Millie Rock, <laughs> but like all these things, where it's like the, these two worlds can connect because yeah. we grew me you anybody we've grown up in a, a generation of hip hop music yeah like we weren't around in a time when hip hop music was irrelevant we mm. all pop culture everything that we know revolves around rap music so like you look at McDonald's like they fucking who Pusha T wrote the jingle yeah, for, dude, I recently for, found that yeah, out yeah Pusha dude. T wrote the jingle for uh, McDonald's you look at anybody everyone is trying to cater to this community of the hip hop culture and I fucking hate the whole for the culture bullshit like I hate that because it's just to me that's the gentrification yeah. of the culture yeah. people saying oh yeah I'm doing it for the culture and the next thing you know he's a white dude with a plaid skirt like fuck him I'm talking about like people who are actually coming up with this shit who know who know MF Doom as much as well as they know Lil Yachty who know um, fucking Cool G Rap as much as they know uh, Lil Uzi Vert like I those that to me I live for this shit I I wake up every morning and look for rap music look for anything like my whole vitalization is based on rap music and based on politics and my whole life goal is just to figure out a way to make this shit coherent to make it possible for these two worlds to meet because if there's one thing that lacks in this world it's the division between rap music and politics you had barack obama bring common to the white house and then you had bill o'reilly say oh he brought a rapper who talked about killing police it's like get the fuck out of here you piece of shit like yeah. like what how could you even the fact that people are even dividing rap music from uh. popular culture or even trying to is just such a fucking mess and we need to like 
we need to embrace this shit. We need yeah. to make sure that something that's so integral to our well-being as politics is as integral to our well-being as music. And the music just so happens to be that rap music's the most popular music in the whole fucking world. Mm. So, well, that, that that's the whole point of my writing. It's just fucking... I'm just trying to make sure that you care about this new Gucci Mane song as much as you care about um, Donald Trump being president. Hmm. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Once again, another... Speechless. Another speechless again. I don't know if it's like the super moon right now, bro, but this, <laughs> bro. this shit isn't... Oh, no, yeah, you, this is definitely the super moon, I'm sure. <laughs> there's a, definitely a lot of Twitter girls that'll tell you that there's a... Your airy sign is... Yo. Your airy sign is... Uh, bro, I'm an airy. Yo. Me, me, <laughs> your airy sign is meeting with uh, your... Um, your Gemini moon and right now they're yeah. at a certain introspective mode where uh, your Aquarius uh, low moon is meeting with in the, the fifth house yeah in the fifth house actually she's in the fifth house because the fourth house kicked her out she's in the fifth house right now <laughs> and she's uh, chilling right now and the moon is directly proportionate to your uh, body length so uh huh no, yeah, but moons are sick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just found out my sun is in Scorpio and my moon is in Aries or something. I gotta talk to Lou. Yeah, Lou put me on game. I gotta tweet Amina because I feel like she's really about that shit. She she be knowing. I think she got a book, a whole ass book on. Does that she? Shit. But you can you can literally go online and there's calculators. Whenever I meet Amina, I swear to God, all I'm gonna talk about is horoscopes because the only horoscopes I know is the ones that when I'm awake at two in the morning and I see like oh, everybody's the tweets, like, the tweets, yeah. s- s- the, like like the, the bot tweets, tweets where it's just like all I see is like 50 characters like, yo, you're wildin'. <laughs> it ends right there. That's all I know. But I feel like Amina's really bad at shit. So I, 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 need to, I need to talk to somebody who can tell me uh, why I've been uh, anxious for 23 years of life bruh okay when we when we go to the bay june or january 13th through the 15th i'm gonna be in the bay and i expect nothing less than uh, a cool party and uh, a nice direction towards whiskey and also uh you know good people so yeah no i was just about to say I'm pretty sure you're gonna get you're gonna get asked what your sign is at least like four times. Yeah? At least four times in like two days. Everyone in the bay is Miss Cleo or what? They just they just woke, bro. You know what I'm saying? They just woke. You know? My sign. I'm an Aquarius. I was born in January twentieth. Um, Do you know the time? Yeah, one twenty actually, one twenty p.m. So uh, a lot of a lot of uh, horoscopes uh, say that I'm half say I'm a Capricorn. I don't fuck with that. Are you a cusp? No. Yeah, is that what it's called? I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know, know, dog. I, don't know. I just know that half of them say I'm a Capricorn. The other half yeah. say I'm Aquarius. So I like to think I am two differentials on both sides. I carry two species in my own body. So that's me. I'm I'm fully a Scorpio. That's me. Full Aries for sure. You're full Aries. Scorpio season right now. Scorpios, uh, that is, they're intense as fuck. You're the scorpion king, my man. You got the rocks energy in your body. I have that fucking DVD, man. I fucking love that movie. (laughs) I watch anything with the rock in it, bro. For real. Real talk. No, yeah. I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to know more about stars and shit. Like, I look at them every night, and you know, sometimes I'm just wondering, like, what do they have to do with my emotional well-being? And yeah. sometimes I feel down in the dumps, and maybe it's because uh, Poseidus wants to see something about my, you know, my being in this world. Who knows? Mm. Maybe Amina can help me out. Yeah, Amina can help, can definitely help you out. That was a wild tangent. Um, All right, let's let's go on. Let's go on. What, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, let's see. I ended it there, and all I have now is random rap topics. Oh, random rap topics? This is my favorite. All right. 
So I literally just tweeted some shit about this. All right. Yeah. You know, I make a year-end list. Uh, I just started it. I just started doing this really like last year because of the whole YK thing. Shout out to Chris again for allowing me to provide a platform for me to talk about random shit. But um, I was thinking, okay, so best rap song of the year? Mm -hmm. For a while, I was saying No Problems by Chance, but I'm going to have to give this shit to Black Beatles. Yes. Dog. Yes. Name me one song that has made a presidential candidate perform a meme. Day of election. Like, are you kidding me? Black Beatles is... Paul McCartney. What? Paul McCartney did the mannequin challenge. Yeah, Paul McCartney did it too. With the song. And I haven't heard about Paul McCartney before Kanye. Yeah. He's still doing good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's still doing good. (laughs) That feature really put him up. That probably lost me like three followers. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. No, but literally. Like... The, the, this is what I love about the uh, like America. Everyone wants to talk shit about America. Yeah, we got a fucked up president. We got all this shit. But dog, name me another country where two black kids who are like 17 and 16 can make a song called No Flex Zone, and in four years have a presidential candidate make perform a meme they created. Bro, weren't they like homeless too and all yeah. that? Didn't Mike Will like like discover them and all that? Dude, I, I they're like twenty-four, twenty-six. They're brothers. Yeah, yeah, they're brothers. They're brothers. No, Ray Shremmer. Ray Shremmer. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Ray Shremmer is hands down one of the best rap groups yes. to come out since yes. Outcast. I respect. I, okay. I cannot think of a better rap group to come out since Outcast. Name me one. I, I I would love to hear any other options. Don't have any. But Ray Shremmer is literally. Dog, there is nothing that makes me feel more susceptible to my emotions and my hidden uh, desires to twerk on a bitch than hearing black Beatles in the club. Dog, when those first synths hit, they put me down like I such like, like, all right, what am I doing with my emotions? What am, what's going on with my life? Like those. <laughs> and then once that shit, that girl is a real. I'm like, oh, it's fucking lit. I know what I'm doing. I'm twerking right now. I'm fucking getting this shit. Give me, ask me right now. I'm gigging. Bruh, Sway Lee is, is a genius. Bro, he's, Sway he's Lee, go Sway Lee is the Beyonce of our generation. I'm gonna follow. Yeah. Nobody says Sway Lee and Quavo need to. Do the thing yeah. right now because they are the sure, most important. They, yeah, yeah. He wrote, didn't he write that one song? Yeah, he wrote Formation. Formation. Yeah, they're the. They're <laughs> he didn't like write it, but like he, he co-wrote that shit, right? And what does he that tell a, you? He yeah, they're that dog. Says a lot. Dog. That says a lot. We really need to start giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. I get J Cole made a fucking couple. He made a fucking uh, platinum no, record no off no features. I'm gonna fuck. Talk to me about platinum with no features when you got Black Beatles, Hillary Clinton, you got Beyonce hitting all that shit. Uh-huh. You got Quavo out here making timeless music. He's gonna okay. go solo. And I'm gonna Dog, so I, I can't wait until Quavo goes solo. When, once Quavo goes solo, and once uh, the way I was talking to this a homie, once um, Sway Lee and Jimmy, like once they right now they're at their Atlean or their uh, Aquemini era of their uh, career. Once they start branching off and start expanding. Once they hit their uh, Stanktopia era, they're done. It's done. It's fucking, oh my god. You are not about to see anything more iconic than Sway Lee at his full form, Super Saiyan 6, in his nasty shit. I swear to god, I cannot wait. Dude. I look forward to that moment. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Dude. Yeah, you and Chris definitely agree. Because he, he wholly believes in Ray Shrever. And now I wholly believe in Ray Shrever. Black Beatles, that whole album. 
everything just like they're just fucking crazy no it's amazing it's it's they're just young kids just dog yeah, and they have so much fun bro i think that's like the best part because no it's literally because yeah, they're just fun. having fun you know i fucking love that shit I love. Oh my god! I can't. Did you see the live mannequin challenge they did on stage? Yeah, the the yeah. fucking mannequin challenge. Like, if you have nothing else to credit them for, it's the fact that they created a whole meme just on like the basis of the fact that there's just young kids having fun. I fuck with Ray Now people are using Black Beatles as the official mannequin challenge song. Yeah. Well, isn't that was, was that the point? Was that the point? Well, that was the point. Mannequin challenge started think, with Black Beatles. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm just talking my ass right now, but the I'm just saying. People were just doing it. They're just silent and, and shit. Then, Whoever and they are, I don't give a fuck about them. If they, if, if black, if the mannequin challenge didn't start with black beetles, in my head it did. So, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I qualify Ray Sharmer for one of the best rappers ever for creating a social movement oh. just based off that alone. Okay, here's a here's a rap question. All right. Uh, if you had to like. I don't even want to sound harsh, but like dead some dead someone's career, like right now. Wale. No, oh, dude, no, shut okay, up. Go on, go on. Damn, go on. I'm gonna have to cut that. Cause no, like, cause like I just, nah, I was gonna be like, no, Wale. don't, 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 don't dead it. No, keep it going, keep on. Wale, Wale, J Cole, uh, Wale, Lupe, Wale, or Wale, Bob, Wale. Yeah. B.O.B. deaded his career like three years ago. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the fuck he you did, talking he about deaded his career? I don't have to do that for him. He did it himself. No. Wale, Wale I, get sure. Wale out the paint. Nobody needs yes. to be hearing Wale. Bruh. Wale is a skin tag of rap music. It's just like, what is this doing here? This shit is bothering me. I don't know why it's here. I heard it's because of stress. Wale needs to get the fuck out this shit ASAP. Bruh. Like, Wale has been nothing but a nuisance since he created Nike boots in like 2009. <laughs> I remember Nike boots. Dog, Wale has been on the periphery of blowing up for like eight years now. Like, when, when did we first start hearing about Wale? Like when Kid Cudi and uh, uh, Mickey Fax and Mickey Fax. all these people oh, the started XXL coming. cover. Yeah, he's on yeah. the XXL cover. No, nah, I'm glad you said Wale because I hate. I, I do. I dislike Wale with a passion. Jesus. Yo, look at my tweets, bro. Wale's trash. Like, no, Wale's been trash. He hates his fans. Yeah, and Wale's always been on some shit like. Nah, it's like, uh, like, like Wale tries to link in uh, him being trash to systematic oppression, where he's like, nah, it's just like, cause like the media just hates me, you know, like everybody, they just hate someone every uh, couple years. Nah, dog, we've been hating you for a decade. For a yeah, like, get the fuck out of here. If people are hating you for more than five years, it is not systematic oppression. People just do not like you, dog. Like, bruh, Seinfeld couldn't save him, man. Like, that whole No, but yeah, if Seinfeld, one of the highest paid comedians of all time, mm -hmm. cannot save you, your shit is whack and you need to get the fuck out of here i've heard one wale song i enjoyed and he made it with uh nikolai from the strokes and it's called brandy the damned and that shit came out like at least seven years ago and that's the only thing i could tolerate from him anything else <laughs> is just beyond me how he still has a career who's supplying him who's who's gassing him up rick ross, rick nah, ross? Did he, did is he on mmg he's still on mmg yeah he's still on fuck him that's a that's a mistake no yeah i just no definitely wale needs to get out the paint quick because he's detrimental to the culture detrimental, yeah. he's making us look bad he's making everybody in this whole hip-hop music look bad mm. like it, it's it's really it's it, it's a fucking horrible situation it's like mickey facts over while like <laughs> mickey yeah i'd revive mickey facts career from three years from like 10 years ago to bring to, to make sure wally never comes back ever again okay if you had to bring somebody's career back from the dead Wait, if yeah, I had to bring somebody's tweets people back. So. Wait, if I had to if I had to bring back somebody's career? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's career. 
Anybody. Damn. All right. She was a good ass one. That's a good one. Now, Jarrell's got a show on TLC. He's straight. He's making that white woman money. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, there's there's like a lot of fucking like fifty year old white women who are like I don't no. know who this J A Rule guy is, but he's killing it. <laughs> no, Ja Rule's doing fine. Yeah. Don't worry about him. He just had a tour with Ashani. He had like at yeah. least thirty that cities. I'd bring that back Young Dro. Young Dro is a good one. I'll fuck with Young Dro. He made me so happy, bro. No, there. If I had to bring, if I had to bring back somebody's career. Damn. Uh, Shoulder Lean was an anthem. Yeah. It was. It made me so happy. Nice. I think <laughs> I, Gorilla Zoe had oh. one. He had that one fucking fire track. Oh, actually, no, I don't know what I'm saying. I bring back Mike Jones. Mike Jones Ooh. had nothing and he's but bangers. Now. And he's skinny now. Think Is about the energy he has. Dude, he's, I don't even fucking Is know. Is he talking on, on the news and shit? He might, be, he might be talking on the news. I would hope to hear Mike Jones', uh, Mike Jones opinion Mike on Jones. Oh, you know who I bring back? <laughs> Chameleonaire. No, I I, no. I think I think Chameleonaire dead at his own self. I was he on like commercials, like yeah, Chame- I don't know. Chame- Chameleonaire is probably like in a fucking uh, Devry University commercial. He got a grab. I don't know, bruh. I would, dirty. I would bring back. Without I, I would bring back Charles Hamilton. Ooh. No, believe, fuck Charles Hamilton. I believed in Char- no, Char- Charles. Charles. Yeah, Hamilton. yeah. I, I I know all the words to Brooklyn Girls, Brooklyn Girls. But Charles Hamilton was on some fuck shit when he produced his album, and then he said, "Yeah, Jay Dilla was a co-producer because I talked to him through the Ouija board." He was uh. on some wild like white shit when he said that. Like he might oh, as well have wow. said he looked in the stars and his horoscope said Jay Dilla. Like his shit was fucked up. <laughs> Charles Hamilton is on some wild schizophrenic shit. You need. Get Charles Hamilton out of here too. He's in the same boat <laughs> as Wale. Done. It's good that he's gone. I think they might have been on the same XXL cover. Yeah, no, they were. I'm yeah. sure they were. I remember being like 18 at the time and seeing that shit, and I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like all these rappers that I know from the internet are popping, and the ones who sustained shit sustained, and the other ones who didn't are uh, somewhere at Foot Locker selling like sneakers for like 350. So straight. I'm gonna fuck about them. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm talking right now. One of the rappers you guys should be looking into the most, and it's only a couple of years until Frank Ocean and Beyonce have him co-write a record. Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty. No, I don't. No, don't give me that fucking no, face. No, 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 no. no, no. Like what you're saying about having him write for them. No, okay, Quavo did, and we're gonna we're gonna push out Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty is the epitome of youth joy. Yeah, Lil yeah, Yachty, I agree. Little Yachty, nothing makes me as happier as hearing Little Yachty say. And then he knows that he's not good. Yeah. He's he in an interview he strictly Lil Yachty, said, I'm doing this because it's working for me right now and I'm happy. Lil Yachty says I'm not a rapper and I fuck with rappers who say I'm not a rapper. Yeah. yeah. Because that is the most uh, transparent shit you could possibly say. I fuck with Lil Yachty based off the fact that when I'm at home at 3.30 in the morning, anxious as fuck, in my bed, scared about life, I can put on broccoli and I hear Lil Yachty say all the words that he's saying. I hear the first line. What is it? Um, yeah. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I just let shit makes me happy. I'm straight. Yeah. I love listening to Yachty. Sunshine. Yeah, something about sunshine. If any rapper says something hey, about mama, sunshine, would you like to be my sunshine? sunshine. Yeah. Hey, bro, that was so <laughs> transparent, bro. I fucking dog. He, Lil Yachty, makes me feel how I felt when I was five years old and I read that Caterpillar book. Yeah. That oh, Lil Yachty. Talking about. Lil, yeah. Lil Yachty makes me feel young and youthful and innocent again. I, I love, love that Yachty. he knows he doesn't have longevity. He said, "I'm strictly just having fun." 
Now, Lil Yachty's gonna have longevity. I don't know if anybody says. Lil Yachty is a monster. <laughs> I think we need some sort of uh, entertainment in our life. Yeah. I think Lil Yachty kills it. No, I definitely, I, I definitely see rap as like, you either want to be entertained or do you, you want to be like on some crazy like woke shit or something, like some some bars, you know? And I respect anybody who tries to do some woke shit because, uh, let me put that again. I respect people who do some woke shit on a certain basis. Uh, if you're like Vince Staples or if you're Kendrick Lamar, yeah, yeah. like your shit, like, because what, like how I said earlier, they're, they're speaking to people on an average day-to-day basis. Like, like not like literally day-to-day basis, but they're speaking to people in a voice that sounds like what they know. But if you're fucking Lupe Fiasco talking about fuck Obama because he uh, didn't support SB 160 from 1998, then fuck, like nobody gives a fuck. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> like if you're gonna talk to people about shit they care about, be like them where, the, where like Kendrick or like the Vince Staples of the world, where you can actually speak to people normally. If you're not doing that shit, then get the fuck out of here and let people like Lil Yachty rock. Yeah. And that's why I hate Lord Jamar. That was the whole point of this. Fuck Lord Jamar. <laughs> and fuck Drake. Fuck, fuck Drake. Drake. Fuck Drake. Yeah. It is going to be movement, hashtag fuck Drake 2017 and to the future. And bring, re- bring reggaeton back. Bring re- Oh! Can Real I reggaeton. Can I, can I yeah, speak? speak on it. Oh, man. okay. All this right. is your time to shine. Right. So, I don't know if you guys know. But I'm running for public office, and my main policy is uh, hashtag bring reggaeton back uh, 2017 because there is a shortage of this shit right now. Yeah. I've looked at the gas prices right now. It is 2.97, and Daddy Yankee is not out here providing gasolina. <laughs> we need to have this shit come back. We need to get Jay Balvin in this shit. We need to make sure everything is fine in the world. Because I swear to God, once Donald Trump starts deporting all these Latin people, mm. this shit is going to come back with a resurgence you've never seen before. You're going to walk into the club and you're going to see people hearing that reggaeton latino and that danza cuduro. Oh my God, once that shit starts coming back, I cannot wait. Bring back Sean Paul. Bring back yeah, Sean bring Paul back too. Sean Paul. Bring back Sean Paul too and his white ass skin. Why the fuck is he so... Where's he from? I don't know. I heard he was he, a Puerto he, Rican. He did a lot of good things for the coach. He did a lot he of good did. things. He made temperature. Bro. He did temperature like glue. Give me the light. Give me the light. Give me the life as a life changer, bro. You made some classics, man. I fuck with Sean Paul. I fuck with all that. I remember when reggaeton was like tight. Yeah. Oh my god. Before I got watered down with Drake. Drake. Tiger. That is also true. Fuck Drake for appropriating Caribbean culture. He needs to stop Uh. shooting short films in Jamaica. Yeah, Drake. Stop false claiming. I'm tired of seeing his. Like, bro, you're from Canada. Yeah, no. Jewish. Above all else, just, just fuck Drake for being Drake as a person. I don't. I'm not fucking Drake. I think uh, Drake is a culture vulture. He's a, a leech that needs to be eradicated. Uh-huh. He's a vampire when it comes to picking random artists up. I was actually talking about this. Not talking about this. I was. I was gonna write about this. Uh-huh. So my whole thing is that I think. Um, there's a, a clear difference when it comes to Drake and Kanye going towards younger artists and yeah. going and uh, Gucci Mane going towards younger artists. Uh-huh. Because they sign them to steal from them. Because the way I see it is like, if you're like the way Kanye and Drake have approached younger artists, they'll get them at their peak and they'll bring them in and suck everything they can yeah. out of them. And, and once they're done, they're done. Yeah. Whereas Gucci Mane, Gucci Mane had features with Nicki Minaj. Before she was big, he had features with Young Thug before he was big. Yeah. He had Pee Wee Longway, who never really got big, but he still was there for him. He had features with Migos before they got big. 
he had features with Chief Keith before he got big. Gucci Mane is literally a step, like, he's been there. He's a gateway for all these people to come down. If you go look at Atlanta, all these people who are popping right now came through Gucci Mane. Yeah. Gucci Mane is the future. He even said he doesn't care if people get big and forget about them. He said, I'll just go find more artists to work He'll with. He'll just be like an And put them on. Yeah. He doesn't care about his personal. Dude, dude, Gucci Man is a fucking icon, man. Like his whole lifestyle now, the whole like, don't do like he's not doing drugs, he's eating healthy, he's working out. That shit's mad inspiring, dude. I can love that shit. I, I can never, I can never um, stress enough how much I love Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane is literally, if you want to talk about for the culture, yeah. Gucci Mane has been for the culture for the longest time I can imagine. I can't, I cannot, I can't even think of anybody else who's been about this shit. Like Gucci Mane has really been killing it for the. Let's we'll, we'll stop the podcast right here. Um, <laughs> Hashtag uh, bring back reggaeton 2017. Uh, Gucci Mane's about to shit. Fuck Drake. Uh, I'm out here. If you want to look at my shit, uh, go on my Twitter. It's uh, at Andy Internet. If you want to look into my personal life, I'm on Facebook. I'm not going to add you, but you can also do that. Um, my man B's right over here. He's a great man. I have a man Sage over here who's been providing uh, occasional commentary. Um, you know. Do the thing. I hope you got some inspiration from this. If you didn't, then uh, let me know so I can catch uh, your fade really quick. But um, if not, then we're good. All right, cool. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna close it. I'm gonna close. I'll close it out. I guess. Uh, yeah. That's no, no, no. Fuck Drake. <laughs> All right, fuck Drake. You know, he be in his feelings. You know, you got me in my feelings and shit. But. Yeah, this is One Degree Separation. Uh, follow all the social medias. Hit the website, onedegreepodcast.bzilla.com. Uh, support the podcast. Use the Amazon portal. Fucking subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give me some plays, man. Give me some new followers, subscribers. Uh, yeah, wait on the next one. This one's a good one. Thank you. Woo. That was really good.